Anchor. You can just submit things on there now. So they can go to Anchor and submit stuff to us? They can submit stuff to us, and we can respond to it. Uh, and it's free. It costs nothing, which is pretty sick. Uh, because before, we were just dumping money into a site that would, you know, hold it ransom. I literally had to pay a different site. I had to pay to get in to download our stuff to put it on Anchor. Really? Yeah, I had to pay uh, like $15 because I let it expire to just get our stuff off and put it up on Anchor. And Anchor will never do that. So, all right. Yeah, we just get it all the time. Do you, do you have the app on there? Can we respond through the app? Yeah, you can download the app. You can respond to the things through there. You can edit your podcast through there. You can like you can record it so you can take it to your friend's house and just record it through your phone and post huh. it instantly. And and anyone that eventually chooses to contact us can contact us through there too. So that's Yeah, you can contact us through there. I like that you can uh it, you just put it on there and it puts it on like Spotify and iTunes and Google for you. I don't know. It's made it a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah. We were, how many hours a week were you putting into like making sure everything got published before? Do you, do you remember? Um, I mean, not a lot of time, but enough time that it's, you know, it's nice having anchor because it's just easier. Okay. See, and this is a switch that I was told about last time, but I, I didn't know that uh, we could communicate with an actual fan base through it. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, and there's advertisements. Yeah. Don't forget about that. You don't even have to have any listeners. So. Yeah. Um, Three, two, one. And we're going, dude. That's it. And I got this dumbass mic figured out. <laughs> so a couple of things that uh, you wanted to talk about. Yep. Welcome back to episode number four of Cheap Shot Discussions. Yep. Cheap Shot Discussions, not whatever he said on episode two. Episode, was it two? I think it was two. Yeah. Quick Shot Discussions. Yeah. Nope. Cheap Shot. Okay. So... Yeah, let's, I mean, let's jump right into it. I mean, the thing you mentioned, well, the first thing that I kind of brought up was the Facebook thing going on. The Facebook censorship? Yeah, what were your, what did you see on that? Because the predominantly, the biggest thing, I saw an article from the Washington Post that was like far-right people, or maybe it was the New York Times, like far-right, alt-right people getting banned. So here's the thing with that. Um, well... I did a little bit of research on that after you sent me the article, and it appears that uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. although a huge company, is still privately owned. Correct. So, with that regard, they're allowed to set their own rules still. They're not a publicly traded entity, so they can ban whoever they want to ban. Sure. And block whoever they want to block. So, like, I know a lot of people are probably going to think, like, oh, well, that goes against freedom of speech. It's like, mm maybe on a personal level it does but legally it doesn't it's just like that um baker in colorado that refused to make the cake for the gay couple right although i don't agree with that uh it was his right because it's his business you can refuse business to somebody if it's your business and it's not a publicly traded entity now do you think that it should take into account that facebook can host 
articles, links, that sort of thing, and then Facebook gets to decide what people can and can't see. Is it because my my argument is that everyone uses social media now. It's gotten to the point where almost everyone has a Facebook. So at that point, does it become a communication right? Does it become like an? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, a vehicle for communication, and if people are censored, then. It's a really fine line. It's a really fine legal line, and that's why Zuckerberg's been in and out of uh, hearings with Cong- Congress so much. Um, yeah, it's. It, I'm ultimately, it is Facebook, the the company's decision to do what they want. It's their platform, and they own it. They have no public options on it. Right. Um. So. Oh, it is, no! Facebook's public. You can, there's a Facebook stock. It's a public. It's company. public now. It's a public company. Okay. It went public when I was in high school, so the end of 2013. Okay. Or early 2013, somewhere in there. Like well, in that case, then, um, if it is, uh, in fact, a public company, then I think just my personal perspective of the situation is, is if you're a public company, that's no different than standing in the middle of a square downtown, right, and saying whatever the hell it is you want to say, yeah. Um, which you should be allowed to do, whether or not like I do, I agree with you is a, another story. But you should be allowed to do that. I think we just need to find out. I wish. I mean, I could go around and tell everyone I have a ten-inch dick. You know, that's not necessarily the case, but it's uh, I can do that. You could, and, yeah, and it's the same thing with the uh, the fake news stories or the alternative facts or whatever they're calling it now. Yeah, I just feel like. If it was so out there and it was so crazy that people would be able to look at it for themselves and determine this is this is crazy. But the fact of the matter is, if you are Alex Jones, you're banned off Facebook. If you post an article about Alex Jones, you are banned off Facebook. Or if you, you know, recirculate any of his information, you're banned off Facebook. Is that the case? This is the case, yes. Um, hmm. And same with Milo, same with, and to me, it's very, it's very, very, uh, well, you're infringing on personal freedoms at correct. that point, but yeah. they're justifying it because they're all right. And they're painting them as alt right. And if you really look into all of these people that have, they do have very conservative viewpoints. However, they're not alt right. They're not, you know, they're not Nazis. They're not telling people to go kill, like, the, the amount of – and I don't know where it's coming from. That's the thing. Um, I have to assume that – Public outcry mostly. Sure. Um, I think the fact that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post is a disgrace. I don't think a – Oh, yeah. It can't be objective then. I don't think a billionaire should have his own propaganda company because he does have direct oversight right. as to what happens. Well, it's like the Koch brothers with Fox. Right. Yeah, right. It's absolutely true. They push their own narrative to further uh, progress these neocon ideologies. Yeah. It, um, independent paper is almost unheard of nowadays, though. Everything's owned by something. Hell, even the Salt Lake Tribune here. Yeah. Um, it was originally started as an antagonist against the Deseret News okay. as a specifically non-LDS church-related paper. And now it's owned by the Deseret News. You know what's so. interesting? Deseret News has done some interesting. I pay attention to them somewhat. They're not as 
religiously biased as I re- maybe they've just gotten more journalists over the years, but I've seen a pretty good side on both perspectives from that source. Well, I think uh, it's just the changing of the demographic of like the local population. You know, um, you're you're getting. Uh, wider variety of people moving here um right. of varying immigration statuses and state of states of origin yeah and that makes it so it's not so whitewashed and so naturally you're gonna have more employees that are not so whitewashed right yeah so. absolutely absolutely yeah the population here dude i don't know I still think a lot of it's due to the sanctuary city thing. A lot of like uh, Salt Lake opening up its doors. No, it's not Salt Lake opening up its doors. It's California, Washington, not even the whole state, like certain cities within them. But then the locals are like, well, fuck, man, I I don't want to be a part of this. So then they move here because it's cheaper housing. We don't allow the 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 open door policy. So a lot of them are moving here, Idaho, whatever. And we're seeing this rapid expansion faster than we can build roads and our infrastructure is just not built for this type of expansion right now at least well we've grown like 30 percent in five years yeah that that's true but the the other side of that coin is is like what's it um how's it really harming that individual citizen that had the money and means to move to another state to stay in a sanctuary city? It's not, but I think the citizens give up too easily on their state. I think that they should demand at a local level, um, things that would make local business prosper. I think the the people themselves aren't informed enough to demand the change. They just think, correct. I, I would totally agree with that. And especially in California, it's not that they're stupid. They're misinformed. They're, they're out of the loop a lot in a lot of ways, as far as, um, economic issues. Now, social issues, that's a different, different thing. And, and that's, a, that's a different discussion. Yeah. Well, California's economy is a juggernaut. Yeah. In the United States. I mean, it's number it, one or two. Yeah. And it and it's higher than some countries out there. Its GDP is higher than some other countries. Now, you know? do you think it's all these producers bringing money into it and using it? As I a... I think it's a bunch of things. I mean, you've got a you've got a state that covers most of the West Coast. There's tons and tons of shipping and right. ports. Right. Uh, trade going on. Uh, tourism. Yeah, you got tourism. You got um. An extensive amount of the Mexican border. Right, right there as well, so there's more trade um, and tourism. It's it, it's a combination of a lot of things. Plus, California, as far as uh, the United States goes, is a really oil rich state. Yes, Central California has tons and tons of oil fields, and uh, I I think that all just helps its economic status, which is also why the property values there are astronomical. Absolutely. I think uh, – I wish – if Governor Herbert hears this, listen up. (laughs) Listen up, bitch. (laughs) I'm going to lay down some knowledge. You want to bring economic growth to Utah? Legalize gambling. People are going to fucking gamble their money away anyways. But I did it on the down low last weekend. Well, the only difference is legal gambling 
people are taking wealth out of the state of Utah and they are putting it into the wealth of other economies. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Super Bowl or whatever it is? Powerball lotteries? Yes. Yeah. It all goes back to different states. So if you were to legalize gambling regionally, even if you tuck it away, I don't care if you put it out in Tooele. Yeah. If you make gambling legal, it is going to incentivize people to gamble within the state. You're going to get more tax revenue. People are going to gamble either way. We might as well be making money off of it. I understand. Agreed. I understand it's a, it's a moral thing, and you think that, but unless every but your church doesn't run the state unless every state bans lottery, then it's no it's no use running a, a one man propaganda like a, a one man opposition. Yeah, and well, not only that, it, you may have a moral objection to it. Um, I mean, I'm not really a gambler that much. I I played a little bit of poker with some friends, like a few dollar buy in. Yeah. The the other day, but I agree with your point, and you know the moral objection thing is just obscene. It's ridiculous. You know. It's a religious bias. Yeah, it is, and I'm sorry, but your religion has no place in governing the state, especially if the people decide it. And if that det- if that ends up being a bad decision, then the people learn that. Um, Correct, but it seems to be working out for Nevada just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There are certain things Utah handles very well. Um, their economics are, are great. Their business incentives are great. And I think a lot of the reason we're seeing a lot of California companies come out here is because the business incentives are so good. The tax rates are so low for businesses here. You, you see Silicon Slopes down, which is what they refer to as Lehigh, pretty much down to like Saratoga Springs. Yeah. And the amount of money that's pumping into there is just unbelievable. Yeah, that place has exploded uh, population Twitch. and infrastructure-wise in the last 10 years. Adobe opened a second headquarters. Twitch moved, like Twitch gaming streaming opened up a data center down there. Amazon Am- opened Amazon. up a fulfillment center. Like, I think – and more uh, – actually more – uh, entertainment stuff's coming here too. Like they're yeah. gonna start. I'm sure we're gonna start and, seeing movie studios. And, and well, Gold Zero opened up down there too, and they're like the portable solar company. We have uh, Under Armour. We have Blender Bottle. We have some. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you knew this or not, but most of the workout supplements out there are made down in Orem, Utah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the chemistry done for across the world. Oh yeah, it's done through Usana. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm totally aware of that. When I was in the military, I had a lieutenant of mine. I don't remember what his name is, uh, but he was talking to me about USANA and like how he's like a member or stockholder or something of theirs, and like how much stuff they actually have their hand in, like from vitamins to protein powder. I think and this place is gonna explode. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna grow multiple times the size it is now. And I think eventually Salt Lake and Park City will meet. Yeah? I think so. It'll come down the canyon? I think so. And I think there will be so much money. Like, if you sit on your property now for 10 years, I think you'll be a multimillionaire just from that. I really do. From my house? Just from your house. Just from the land that it sits on. Hmm. Like, just over time, I mean, I've seen this place. I mean, you grew up here. You've seen, like, what happened to Lehigh. Yeah, Lehigh, West Jordan. It was nothing. It was fields. I mean, West Jordan was a few houses in a grocery store when I 
um, first moved out there when, like, what was it, like, back in, like, 98, 99? Like, Ogden, Salt Lake, and South were predominantly separated. It wasn't, like, this one clusterfuck. And now, now it is. Right. Uh, um, North Salt Lake and Bountiful are indistinguishable from each other. Right. Um, Bountiful and Kaysville and Farmington, indistinguishable from one another. One just runs right into the next. And that wasn't the case when I was growing up. It's insane, man. They're disbanding the uh, Unified Police Department. They're actually really, yeah. They're develop. They've uh. They're developing a coalition of uh the Salt Lake City Metropolitan Police Department. Okay. So we want to move towards a Metropolitan Police Department. I don't know if that's going to combine Salt Lake PD and and Unified. Who knows? Um, but we've gotten to the point where we we have so much diversity so, within the city. So to give you a little bit of an idea, uh, so the the county sheriff, right, and the sheriff's department, yeah, is in charge of unincorporated areas within the state, right, um, or within that county, so to speak. Uh, when I was first growing up, uh, West Jordan just barely got its own police department. South Jordan was still under the sheriff's department. Where we live right now, Cottonwood Heights was still under the sheriff's they department. They were all under Salt Lake County? Yeah. Okay. They were all under the sheriff's department. Um, and now they're all incorporated with their own departments. You know, there's some... Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. There's some really exciting things going on in law enforcement. Uh, I'm talking to Alex, our, our buddy Alex, and uh, he was talking about they have a new operations coordinator over Salt Lake County. And yeah. of course, Salt Lake. So, for those of I'm not I'm sorry, Davis County. For those of you who don't know, Davis County Prison will accept warrants for anything. So, if you have a, a parking ticket for fifty dollars and you have a warrant out for your arrest, Davis County is the only one that will accept you. They have a new operations manager that came in and basically said, "We need to change this. We need to make it like fifteen hundred bucks, so we're not getting in a bunch of dumbasses who we don't need to be locking up in the first place." Yeah. So we're starting to get some really. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to say like all law enforcement is bad, but you had this generation of law enforcement that was very set in their ways, and they were very uh, authoritarian. It was just a different generation, and now that we're starting to expand and move forward, community policing is going to be a huge deal. Correct. Yeah, it's starting to become less militaristic, and I can appreciate that. I was actually going to pull up an article about the the new Denver chief of police, who's incredible. I mean, he's doing some things that. Like politicians do, but he's taking the initiative on himself. Um, so with uh, the Silicon Slopes that you mentioned earlier, do you think Facebook will be moving there anytime soon? You know, man, I don't know about Facebook. Uh, Facebook had their oh, – Facebook had their – I think they called it F5 or something. It's their like meeting of the year where they discuss what they're going to do. Okay. Their biggest thing this year is they want to – since they got caught in the whole data scandal, now right now Mark Zuckerberg stands on <laughs> he stands on stage, and this big banner behind him says the future is privacy. <laughs> so now they're changing all of Facebook to be private. They're changing Messenger, the app that you text everyone with. It's end-to-end encrypted. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means when I type a message and press send, it locks it down, and it requires a key to unlock it. And the only key that it will accept is designated by my phone. So if I say I'm sending a message to Dallas, it would then say, okay, it's locked down until I can verify that it is his phone 
that unlocks it to read it. So basically that means the typical Joe Schmo can't read your messages. Facebook can't read your messages. It's becoming very uh, – and if you look at the Facebook app now, they've redesigned it to be more oh, yeah. private. Yeah, I, I saw that the other day. I was super confused by it, actually. Yeah, you, yeah, you have your feed. You have groups. You have the, well, With people my age, you can't just, like, throw curveballs like that, man. It's uh, it's not good. It it really confuses us. You know, I, I, I thought I had fell asleep for five years or something. It, it, it's moving fast. Like, it all changes so fast. And uh, I honestly don't know if Facebook will make it that much longer. I think we're seeing a lot of media pressure to push them out of the picture. What do you think of Instagram then? So Facebook owns Instagram. I, I understand that, but um, they are th- two separate platforms. Correct. And I think you're right in, in making that distinction because I think Facebook is actively trying to move their – I think they're actively trying to separate separate themselves from Instagram. Like even though they're owned by the same thing, they're not acting like it. Right. And people are gravitating towards Instagram, and now there's a battle between Instagram and Snapchat. Now, the, the problem I have with Snapchat, and this is my own personal thing, is I believe that there are certain messages propagated on Snapchat, and it reaches a younger demographic. And when I scroll, scroll to the right and see the news articles like uh, so. why I don't like using condoms, why I prefer polygamy instead. Like when I see – when I read this, yeah. you're reaching a young generation. You're reaching 10-year-olds to – so. Do you want to know what my problem with Snapchat is? Sure. I'm a slow person. Like, uh, not not really intellectually, but, like, the way I process information is really slow. Right. Um, I'm kind of at this weird uh, stage where I'm, I'm a millennial, but I'm not quite a millennial. Um, what year are you born? 88. Okay. So, yeah. They, they say people born between 85 and 95 are in this middle ground. Yeah. And so, like... I I had Snapchat for a really long time, and people would send me pictures with, like, a message scrawled on there, and it wouldn't even stay up long enough for me to read the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I deleted it because, like, the person that's sending determines how long it gets looked at. Right. And for a dumb fuck like me, I mean, like, I'm not – really dumb but i do take a while to read and process information um i i need that time and yeah. if you set your little snap to f- five seconds then i'm sorry like i'm not going to respond to you because i didn't get the information you were trying to put across the thing is the thing that i really hate about snapchat and this is a big mental problem that we're going to have with future generations is that it compartmentalizes the person you are for example, you know, like on Instagram or Facebook, you have the stories. You can post a video and people right. view your story. Right. So Snapchat, you can have multiple stories. You can set up like – so it's like, okay, I want to portray that I'm this person to this set of people. So I can create that one and then, oh, I want to be a bad person on this one and I only include uh-huh. these people. So you live separate lives to appease certain groups of people. So, so you're putting on masks. Yes. And That's not good. Right. And I, I think we're going to see that in the next 20 years. Like Snapchat especially is, is fucking going to ruin. I mean it's already – I see the younger generation below me and I can't help but feel bad because they're just flooded with all this info. They don't know what the fuck to think. Yeah, it, it is definitely an overload of information. But I, I think 
and a lot of that, um, especially with the concerns you're talking about, is it comes down to parenting. Yes. And teaching your your child to be who they are, regardless of who's out there. Like, I I mean, you look at my grandpa, right? He's in his seventies. He doesn't give a fuck what people think of him. He's gonna be himself. You know, um, he's not wearing a mask for anybody. Uh, and I respect the shit out of that. And I'm trying to be more and more like that, uh, with, with each passing day of my life. I think the key is to teach your kids to be that way. Yes. Like, um, which is really hard to do, especially with teenagers where they are developmentally looking for like, uh, acceptance and inclusion in all these different groups, but that that's the key is teaching the younger generation that being accepted by everyone isn't really important right i'd rather have five close friends than 500 mediocre friends yeah i i 100 agree so i found the article that i was talking about going back to this uh oh shit the mic's falling off (laughs) one second buddy i got you um so so yeah. I have this article with the chief of police. From Denver? Of, yeah. Okay. And uh, it kind of explains his vision. Okay, so I'll read a little bit of this. Since becoming Denver's uh, police chief nine months ago, Paul Pazin has attended roll call for each of the department's 30 police shifts wow. to explain his vision for the department. When Pazin took the job in July, he promised the community he would be a progressive chief who would aggress or address social issues such as homelessness, addiction, and mental health, as well as crime. Uh, he had uh, he had to live up to his word. Um, okay. So basically, some of the things he wanted to implement uh, since January, the department has rolled out a new string of initiatives, including a program to help domestic violent domestic violence offenders stop the cycle of violence and connect victims to resources. A policy that averts people in possession of small amounts of drugs to treatment instead of jail. Nice. Uh, dedicating investigative units to target mid-level drug dealers, bias motive crimes, and human trafficking. Okay. A citywide impact team of seven officers and a counselor to handle long-term community needs and respond to non-emergency calls. Wonderful. An, ex- an expansion of the city's gunshot detection system into downtown. Okay. Uh, a program to test technology to reduce police chases. So he really wants to modernize police force. He wants to turn it into a a community service. Uh, yeah, it's community policing is what it is. And that yeah. is awesome. I'm 100% behind it. Um, I think yeah. that's a huge step. Especially in the, the minor drug offense thing. Yes. Yeah, he 100%. Do this. Like, normally you would expect Congress to act on that yeah. or, or a representative, but the fact that a police chief did this. He took initiative. Yes. Big and time. If we start seeing more things like that, like, man. It's going to be expected of other people. Yes. Yeah. Like, Colorado, in a lot of ways, is setting the bar. And I'm, even though I'm not, I, I don't consider myself like a progressive, I'm more libertarian, but I respect the hell out of people wanting to make positive change and try new things right and and i could see that making a huge change right there um and the fact like he's police chief they have to do what he says yes so it 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 wasn't up for vote it wasn't up for 
you know, the discussion. People elected, yeah, people that, elected this guy. and uh, Yeah, and now he's implementing these protocols, and everyone underneath him has to follow those, which is a great thing in this circumstance. But it could be terrible in, like, the 1930s Germany circumstance, sure. right? So... Yeah, it's a it's a new spin on law enforcement. I respect the hell out of it. I hope I hope it translates into less crime. Um, one thing I've noticed with Colorado's economy, especially the legalization of marijuana, their crime rate did skyrocket. And really? the, only, the only reason I know that is because when I started looking into it, I actually went into it wanting to write an article why weed would actually decrease crime rate but when you actually look into the numbers that's not the case and why do you think that is um execution i think the fact that they execute it if you go to a weed shop in colorado it's kind of like a hole in the wall you walk in it's like this grungy tattoo shop filling thing right whereas utah wants to treat it more like a pharmacy Mm -hmm. now i think implementation and execution probably has a big role in it and the Mm -hmm. culture surrounding the 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 medicine, because if it is a medicine, you need to treat it like a medicine. It shouldn't be sold in a bowling alley type place. But Colorado legalized it recreationally. Correct. That's, that's the difference. And so did California. And California, I rem- I, I kind of remember I was living out there when that whole transition was going on. Yeah. And it was kind of like how you said when it first happened, like a bunch of little holes in the wall popped up. Um. But but now it's it's entirely different after having been down there like a a week ago. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, um, it's it's not hidden from the public. It's not like a thing, you know. It's it's been normalized. Uh, That's the same with Colorado. I feel like um, I feel like the whole medical recreational thing is a dumb argument to begin with because yeah. I think people that are doing it recreationally it's medical but mental medical and either way it's one of those things that government really shouldn't be involved in but i think the government's critical role now that you've put us in this position of uh prohibition for so long it's the transition from prohibition to legalization right and it's the execution of that that determines the culture that stems from because if you just say it's legal today, I think there's going to be a lot of abuse problems. I think there's going to be a lot of uh... – Well, uh, yeah, and I mean if you just look back to the 1920s and 30s with uh, alcohol prohibition, right? Right. Uh, prohibition didn't make make it go away. It just made people work harder on hiding it. And um, I'm not going to make that argument that alcohol, although legal, is uh, – worse substance or it's like a more dangerous substance than marijuana um as far as impairment goes both impair you Mm -hmm. you know uh alcoholism uh definitely like has the ability to come on faster yes but both impair you you should not be be behind the wheel of a vehicle with either one you should not be in possession of a firearm at the time of intoxication you know uh, but the fact that alcohol is legal and weed isn't, they're both impairing and, uh, kind of on the same scale, you know? See, and I, coming from someone who's experimented with cannabis extensively, 
<laughs> and you've never tried it, right? Right. I right. almost feel like if I were to explain it to anyone who hasn't tried it, my idea is like imagine your life being a TV channel that has like a little bit of static, like it's not turned tuned in. Alcohol separates it from like you, you're separated. You don't care about the static. You're like, fuck it, man. I'm watching the show. I'm having a good time. Whatever. Right. I'm not really paying attention. Right. I'm getting we there almost, right now. Yeah. We'd almost retunes your tv to be more in tune to your reality so a lot of people that have not tried it before will be uncomfortable or feel like oh shit that this isn't for me but in reality it's it's tuning you in more so to what your actual reality is and most people don't want to face that okay so i feel like it's more of a uh, i mean like i've never tried it right. um I probably won't just because of the profession I'm going into. Right. And there's definitely a time and place. And I'm sure, you know, maybe down the line things will change, like, as far as the profession and what's... Right. right. And the the other part of it is, for me, is, you know, although I've never tried it, um, I don't know at all what it's like. I do know it is... Uh, it does change your, like, neurological firing in the brain. Like, that's a proven fact. Right. I have nothing against it. Um, I, I mean, if I were in a profession that allowed me to do it recreationally, where I wouldn't get fired for smoking a joint the night before and then like coming in totally sober to work the next day, yeah, like I can with alcohol. I right. could sit here and drink fifteen beers tonight, as long as I'm not drunk when I go to work in the morning. I'm good. Right. Um, if if I could do that with weed, I would probably give it a shot. But the fact that if I smoke right now yeah. and you get caught, you're and fucked. Yeah, I lose my I lose my credentials, I yes. I lose my job, I I start from square one. Yeah. Essentially. I, and I think that they're making significant progress. Uh I don't know if you heard Intermountain Healthcare and U of U uh adjusted their policy saying that Physicians can now recommend marijuana to clients or clients. Yeah, Patient. they are clients. Yeah, they are clients, but, but patients. patients, yeah. Uh, they they can, are clients. They yeah. can recommend patients to medical cannabis now, and a lot of them are still iffy because they're worried about their reputation and all of that. But once it transitions, then they'll say, okay, we don't need to enforce this. And in fact, a lot of private companies are now embracing, like, we don't need to drug test anymore. We know that marijuana, the only reason that it was made illegal was a propaganda campaign from the Nixons to target black people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's sad, but that's where we're at. We're making progress. We're now learning. We're now learning the medical benefits of it. Now, even though I'm a huge proponent of legalization, there needs to be a balance because you can smoke all day. I've been there. You get up and you do bong rips in the morning. And you, <laughs> I, I, I guess the best way I can describe it is that for me especially, I don't like movies. I don't like music. I don't right. like – because to me it's fake. It's, okay. it's a distraction. It's almost like – I look at it and I'm like, I need to be doing something productive. But when I use marijuana, it it transitions to me to be like, you're allowed to enjoy it. Okay, I can calm down 
I don't need to be so uptight. I don't need to be like because and I think yeah, a lot you of kind it, of are uptight. I'm an uptight person. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you could pick up pick up a pushpin with your asshole. Sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very aware of like my surroundings, and I'm I'm a little bit paranoid in a lot of sense. And uh, marijuana kind of allows me to relax and be like, okay, let it be. Let's let it play out and not be as upset because you know sober i'm a really angry person i'm i'm pretty irritable. <laughs> i would agree yeah i'm irritable yeah i would agree i'll just complain about traffic or whatever the fuck so yeah for me and and i think it, it comes down to personal responsibility you need to know what works for you you need to know when to limit yourself because i got to a point where when I worked at Boss of Fitness, I was stoned all the time. I was going to <laughs> – I was meeting with people. <laughs> I was meeting with people just stoned out of my mind. And, you know, now I've I've gotten to the point where you learn to balance it and you learn that it should be treated like a treatment. And if you can balance it, then it, it does create a better – Speaking of treatments, I don't think I took my pills this morning, but that's another – Oh, I miss them all the time too, dude. I miss them like – if you get a text from me in the middle of the week, it's probably because I missed my meds. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree, though. I agree. That's the way uh, marijuana should should be handled. But um, it's slow, but it's, it, it's happening. It, yeah, it's weird, it, dude. It's happening. Like, Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I have uh, – you can lean on the other side of the argument, too, like – all of the hemp-based products and whatnot that are out there. I mean, I have climbing shoes that are lined with hemp, which are anti which is antimicrobial. Yeah. You know, so I can leave those things on all day, God forbid, and be fairly confident that I'm not going to get athlete's foot from that. You know. Right. Um. The I think the only problem with weed now is they're cracking down big time. Um. The judicial system, or uh, I guess the attorney general, is really cracking down on weed lately. Local or federal? Um, a little of both, but more locally. Okay. So now you're seeing more of the hash oil. The problem with this is that there is no FC or uh, FDA oversight. With hash oil. Correct. So you have people mixing in things that probably shouldn't be mixed in. Um and is that like cbd but it's actually it's thc um, but the problem is people will mix in extra things uh to distort it make like make it more potent without actually having to use as much of the herb because it costs okay money. they changed the chemical makeup correct okay. so lab tested stuff to buy lab tested stuff that is 100 percent pure you know what you're getting is absorbently expensive it's if it's legalized you know what you're getting. Okay. Um, like we're risking right I agree. now for being in the for being in the black market. For me buying in the black market, I'm risking getting pine salt put in there. Like I don't know what the fuck's being put in there. If you legalize it and you make tax revenue off of it, you know what's going in there, and you're overall uh, promoting better health for if you know what's in there. Right. That's right. it. Like you're able to regulate it if it's legalized. And you can't I, regulate it if it's not legalized. I respect the fuck out of uh, Governor Herbert in the fact that he wants to see the science behind it, and he said he's more than willing to legalize it if he sees the science. Um, and the science that has come out has said 
there have been some healing properties to the uh, on the cellular level itself, but at the same time, it suppresses REM sleep. Uh, at, personally, with Governor Herbert, I still think he's a fucking chode, but... I, I respect certain parts of him, like... I respect no part of that man. Really? Like, yeah. I respect his... I respect his office, but him as a human being can suck my dick. I'll, t- I'll tell you, uh... <laughs> like, as far as him being LDS and everything, if, if Mormons are good at one thing, it's finances. And he's put it, our, our state in a good economically great place, but I think that time has served its place and we're ready to move on. As long as we keep economics as the way they are and move forward on... The uh, LDS church shouldn't have any hand in our... Agreed. Agreed 100%. But I think his uh, I think his conservative views translate well to the fiscal, fiscal. side, not social side. And I think Utah... It, it, it's okay to go through this. Like, I know you hate Trump. I do. I hated yes. him when he got in. I'm... I'm a big – I think – I think he's a fucking dipshit. I think before he got in, we were in a bad trade situation. And if it takes four years of a dipshit to sort the trade situation so that we can progress to more important things, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but how much of the economic advancement is him writing policies from the previous administration? So I thought, you know? about, I thought about this a lot, and I think – because I see both paradigms. He does these sanction things. He does all these sanctions, and that does hurt individual people. Absolutely. But at the same time, doing these sanctions, he views it more as a negotiation tactic, saying we're the most powerful country in the world. We'll cut off ties to you until you meet our demands. And I think even though that is shitty, we need someone to stand up for the, the American uh, economy Get us, he will be always be known as the dick president. He will always be known <laughs> as that. Um, I agree. And I, I 100% believe Obama had heart and he wanted to make change. But at the same time, there's so many lobbyists in Washington. Trump has been the only one who's kind of been like, go fuck yourself. I'm going to straighten things out fiscally, even though he's ignoring all these environmental issues. He's ignoring all of these social issues. The environmental part bothers me the Correct. most. But I think I think getting our finances sorted out to the point where like we're not getting jerked around anymore is really important. And I'm not a – I don't know Trump. I don't fucking know him. I don't give a shit about him. But at the same time, China has been – China has been fucking us, dude, from a technology standpoint. Like – Huawei, Chinese company. They make phones. They're actually banned in the U.S. now. Huawei? Yeah. Like the phones? or th- So what kind of phones do they make? So they're Chinese, right? And right. Since the Chinese government is like a mixture between capitalism and communism, they estimate about 65% of all businesses created in China are directly back to the government. So the idea behind it is this race for 5G – they're putting right. all these 5G chips in phones. Apple. I've show. I've seen it shown, like shown up on my phone. Like, yeah. Like w- my phone will be trying to connect, and it'll show 5G on there. Really? Yes. So Apple has implemented Huawei chips 
as their 5G chip. So that means if Huawei is controlled by the government China. of China, Chinese, yeah, all the information that goes in and out of your iPhone, in and out of your uh, Samsung, in and out, if it's Huawei, the Chinese Communist government have information on you. And that's the big scare right now. And no one in Congress understands They'll just know it. my porn habits. That's fine with me. So not only that, but implementation of their social score program on a national level. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's censorship. True. Um, censorship. Um, bias. Like they, if they control the information you receive, they can make you rebel against the current system so that's true the battle of information is very real um, yeah i've i've heard multiple times uh from various different people uh personally and professionally that uh they think world war three is going to be an information like cyber style deal and not so much right. like here's my flag there's your flag i'm coming over to attack you i honestly think we're in a cold civil war civil war right now yeah um like a cyber one yeah like yeah. we we all are separated we all don't want to talk to each other and as much as i don't agree with a lot of what trump did i would not change this presidency based upon people are paying attention now people are that's look, fair people are looking to that's it and fair. saying i'm paying attention now i know what i want if we have to like the four years we've had of Trump have not been progressive. If it takes a thorn in, in your shoe to know that you need to change your shoes. Right. Yeah. That's what that's how I view it. Yeah. And I, I think we're a lot more awoken now. I think we have a lot of great candidates. Andrew Yang, how he wants to progress the country. Um, he's a Democrat. You know, I'm not – I don't view myself as a Democrat, but he's a Democrat. Totally view with a lot of the things he, uh, he says. So – it made me pay attention to how our system works. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we can only move forward from here. <laughs> right. So along the lines of the federal government, there was something I wanted to talk about today as well. Uh, the whole uh, AG bar versus Congress deal that's going on. Yeah. So from your perspective, what – news sources you typically pay attention to uh i listen to npr pretty much incessantly um this would be good too because i'm a i'm pretty much a fox guy but i'll still watch cnn and msnbc well and i have uh i have fox um like their news stuff on my phone and i have cnn and i like i have a bunch of different sources on my phone because i don't want to be one of those assholes that just sides with one place yeah. um but today I heard that they were thinking about charging AG Barr with contempt of Congress, which is something I've never heard before. Isn't it weird? Like, yeah. But I'm, you know what though? When I heard that, I was like, "That's amazing." You know, and it's not because I disagree with the Attorney General or whatever. Yeah. It's that is the check and balance system acting itself out right that's the way it's supposed to work yeah and like when i heard that i was like oh my god but do you think it's actually doing something <laughs> do you think the democrats should focus so much on impeaching trump or going after trump rather than actually 
investing in the communities, finding out what the problems are, and running their platform on that. Not anti-Trump, but rather... So I think there's a two-pronged approach here. Um, One is a non-redacted version needs to be released to Congress, and then everyone will just shut up. Hopefully. They they released the 19 extra pages, by the way, the redacted ones. So the full unredacted 400-something pages are out. Yeah. Um, the uh, district attorney in front of Congress said there's no reason to investigate this further. And then when uh, Senator Graham, is that his name? Mm-hmm. When he asked if further investigation to, should take place into the DNC, James Comey, Hillary Clinton, he responded yes. And mm. that's where – So. Here's my deal, okay? The non-redacted version needs to be made available Mm -hmm. for people to make their own opinions. Like, this guy is a public figure. He's running our country. Everyone should be able to read that report. Yeah. Whether you understand it or not, you should have access to it. Right. Um, The other part, as far as, like, uh, working on social issues or, like, this law and that law with a a Democratic Congress. Yeah. um, I'm 100% with you as far as, like, that needs to be a change that starts locally and moves upward. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, every politician, it doesn't matter if it's a council, a city council member, all the way up to your your freaking representative in the house of representatives, right? They, they're all in the pocket of somebody, but that city council member is in the pocket of less people yeah. than the representative. Absolutely. So, um, Republican, Democrat, independent, green, whatever you, you need to start on that lower level because, there's fewer people that are pulling the strings at that level. Correct. Yeah. And hundred percent agree. And, uh, I, th- I, I think that's a, a big part. And but I also think I agree with you in the sense that everyone should know who our commander in chief is. Yeah. But everyone should be concerned with local politics way more. Yeah. Yeah. And, so I have a odd theory. <laughs> um, a lot of people probably aren't going to agree with me, but fuck them. Uh, it's not so much a theory as it is an idea, but I think it might kind of work. Um, I th- I honestly think the way Congress should be run is uh, everyone with like. Basically, everyone with a high school level of education from a certain district gets thrown into a hat, and they just pull the name out, and that's the guy for the next two years. Just a random person. Because that would be the most um, accurate as far as the like representation of the population of that area. What if you did like a merit-based system? So instead of that, you did a – you have to – like – if you did community service in this part of the state, you got a point. And once you get X amount of points, there's then a you... bunch of points for different areas of the state that need to be addressed. And once you hit 15 points, 
you have a broad view of what the state operates at and you are eligible to run for Congress at that point. I would be okay with that. Okay. Um, I still think it should be randomized. Yeah. Okay. I, I really do. I think like, it's like a draft even, system. Yeah, like even with that point system, so you implement the point system, but all of those people go into the same pot and it's just like, well, it's so like this guy. Duty. Yeah. Kind of like maybe by district. So like yes. every district in the state gets a representative that's randomly elected. They are then due to serve their state or their district. Yes. And learn that would not only build personal responsibility, but it would also develop leaders like and and if you're worried about like the average citizen not getting their voice heard um you could take it a little bit further and you just elect these possible representatives but the representative is still chosen at random yeah and they like they fulfill the point system then they're elected and then they're chosen at random what i find funny is that but I could be a complete dumbass in Let this me situation. This, like, I think capitalism is the best system possible. I think in the history of the world, what our system is now is amazing. However, it doesn't mean it couldn't get better. We've only been a country for 250 years. Right. And the fact that we are so dead-ass set in straight capitalism kind of boggles my mind. Right. The fact that I see companies like Facebook, Amazon, Google, Apple – still so much of the wealth and then they send it over overseas right um does that bother you it bothers me a lot because i love capitalism i think anyone who wants to be a millionaire can become a millionaire with land of opportunity but at the same time apple's worth a trillion dollars amazon's worth a trillion dollars it's it's a siphon right the only reason they want to progress socialism is because they will remain at the top. They don't want anyone being able to compete with them. However, I think capitalism is the best system, equal opportunity. However, you should not be able to win above a trillion dollars. <laughs> like, there's no reason a company needs to hit a trillion dollars. Eh. I mean, but if you can't, like, the other side of your argument is, though, like, they can. They absolutely can. And, yeah. and so, like, you know, and once you have that kind of weight to throw around and you're able to, if you're top dog and you're able to throw your weight around to remain top dog, like, why aren't you going to do it? I, I view it more like with with these huge companies because okay, you like it or not, I'll get heat from this, but nah. people, there is an, it. it Intelligence is not distributed equally. I agree. I and 100% unfortunately, agree. The one that the ones that intelligence are distributed to in abundance, they take over. And you I would think hope. That's, right. Like these guys like Jeff Bezos, Tim Cook, all of these big CEOs, they're intellectually superior than most Americans. I, you know, that may be the case, but you can't tell me um, – you know, like, as far as th- – they might have more financial savvy, okay? But as far as intellect is concerned, I'm going to take, like, a, uh astrophysicist or a, a, a nationally or internationally recognized scientist as far as intellect goes. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of these guys, like, yeah, 
they had the drive and they they stuck to it and they like they they had a vision for something that was light years ahead of its time like Amazon with uh Bezos. Yeah. Right? But they jumped in on a market early because they saw the market forming. Yeah. Right? But you can't tell me that that guy's more intelligent than freaking Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't th- – okay, let me rephrase intelligent. There's different types of intelligence. Because yeah. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson is a different type of intelligence from Elon Musk. Right, okay. I view myself – like myself and like a lot of entrepreneurs that didn't go to college view the world in a very different way. Right. They view the world in like a – problem-esque way like how do i solve this problem implement that problem like implement strategies to defeat engage that problem. it yeah they, they view the world in a very different way and i think okay i think these entrepreneurs have a genetic advantage in seeing the world in a bigger scope they and see I it think, differently i think everyone has that opportunity but the problem is our education system is not backed up in entrepreneurialism it, it fails a lot of people. So I think if our education system, like, for example, if you wanted to become a doctor, if you did s- four years of school, four, uh-huh. years, four years of academic study, and then four years of apprenticeship with a doctor, I feel like that would be more beneficial than 16 years of just studying. Okay. So that's kind of my perspective on it. Um, By the way, doctors go through – about eight years of academic study and then they go through another like six years of fellowship well they go through like three years of residency and then like another like five or so of fellowship and then they're finally allowed to like yeah let me ask you this tread the water on their own you have being a corpsman Uh uh-huh if you were a doctor like let's say like the apocalypse happened if you went through 12 years of schooling to become a doctor versus if you were just thrown in for 12 years and you learned from experience, at the end of that 12 years versus experience versus education, who would be the better doctor? Um, and you, you accumulate the education as you go, obviously. Right, right. You have good mentors. You have mentors. You're thrown in. It's a time of crisis. They don't have doctors. They don't have the time to put you through education. So – you're you're describing a corman life pretty well as far as like the inception of the corman because you're thrown into it uh well well i mean that's how it was when it first started but that's not what it is now okay um i think a baseline level of education is absolutely necessary how many years uh before you're confident enough not confident but you were able to be an entry level person in that field. Uh, what are what are we talking about? Like apoc- post apocalyptic a surgeon? Yeah. Um, because surgeons going to typically go through what twelve years of college. Well, yeah, they're going to go through their medical license, and then they're going to like do an apprenticeship underneath a surgeon as a general surgeon, and then they might declare a specialty. Uh, Honestly, it depends on the type of surgery. But if you're talking about post-apocalyptic, just keeping people alive and not worrying about preventative measures like, you know, I'm going to do this uh, coronary bypass on this guy or like a kidney replacement on this guy. Right. 
I would say probably three years under a surgeon, under a general surgeon, operating consistently, and a huge, huge deal of uh, human anatomy and physiology knowledge. And that's it. Do you believe more in lectured education or mentorship? Mentorship and experience. Okay. 100%. I agree with you 100%. Um, so you're saying if you had the option of going through 12 years of lecture versus eight years of mentorship and experience, you would take the mentorship. Absolutely. I agree. Because every mentor you come across, regardless of the field, yeah. first of all, they already know something you don't. And second of all, their experience is going to be different from the guy sitting next to them. So if you can get two or three different mentors and follow them for eight years, yeah, your knowledge base is going to be that much wider versus, you know, I went through a class with 500 other people and listened to this person talk for 15 hours. Yeah. But like, okay, I listened to this person talk for 15 hours and I, now I took a test and ominous dominus, like, you know, like the queen blesses me or whatever. And I'm like, I'm okay to practice in this field versus, okay. I shadow four or five different people that have been working in this field for 20 years each. Yeah. There's some stuff that can't be taught in lectures. Right. For sure. The and stress, the, the, the mental edge that's necessary of thriving in that environment well, under stress. That and time management, uh, you know, like uh, people skills. Like, for instance, like with nursing, like you need people skills. Right. As much as we hate this uh, customer service orientated medical field, mm -hmm. it's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and I mean, there's a difference between customer service oriented and being able to be a compassionate person. Sure. Right. Like we were at the shooting range earlier today and that guy there, I don't know if you heard it, but I overheard it because like I'm kind of paranoid and I pay attention to my surroundings constantly. How he's training the girl? Uh, no, he wasn't training uh, Zach. He was talking oh, yeah, to okay, another guy there and the guy was like bitching about this gun that he had. And Zach was like, well, you buy these guns from us and then you fuck with the sights, you know? And he's like, I've known you for seven years, and you've fucked with every site that we've given you, you know. But the customer is always right. Right. You know, th that is customer service. Absolutely. You know, versus being able to console somebody through the death of a loved one or a cancer diagnosis or, or you know, something like that. Right. So – you know, there's the customer service where the customer's always right. And in medicine, it shouldn't be that way. Hell, in Zach's case, it shouldn't be that way. This guy buys weapons and then fucks with the sights and then complains when they don't shoot straight. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's your own fucking fault, dude. We're not selling you a faulty firearm. You're messing with the rear sights. By the way, that demonstrates better customer service, the fact that he would tell you to your face. Because a lot of people would just say, like, not say that to you. Right. They'd just be like, okay, we'll figure it out for you. Right. It's like Matt Matt Kelling from fucking NTO. Right. He would just not tell you what you're doing wrong. And, and then all of a sudden. build over time. And, and then, then all of a sudden you're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. 
like anything same thing like if zach does that with customer service he's doing his job in the sense he's telling you the fucking truth you may not want to hear the truth but it's and, there and that's why i respect that guy you know like he is a. Uh, I mean um some of the stuff that he does is is a little like out there for my taste like the thing with the machete today he reminds me of ben a little bit in a little in a little senses yeah but he's more together than ben yes. for sure but uh i love well, you ben if you're listening i love you ben. you're a cool guy yeah uh but like i like the, your the, boss and i gone <laughs> the thing with the machete today that was like that was like okay that's you know, I didn't need to see that, but thanks for showing me, you know. Th- this guy, um, he's a straight shooter, though. Like, he sat there one day, and, I mean, I have military experience. Right. Um, and I, I have hundreds upon hundreds of hours on a range. But this guy, all he does is... Um, work around guns and and stuff every day of the week. Right. In the military, I was given a gun. It was like, this is your gun. I had no say in it. So when it came time to buy stuff of my own, I talked to this guy, and he didn't steer me wrong. He he shoots straight with you. Like, you're like, oh, I want to buy this. He's like, don't get that. That's a piece of shit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, versus, you know, like... How he told you today, go middle of the road. You'll never go wrong. Yeah. Like, don't go on the cheap end, but you don't need to go on the high end. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Like, as much as I hate Steve. And Silva? As, yeah. Silva. Okay. As Steve Silva. As, as much as I hate Steve, man, I got to say this about him. I can't even say anything positive. He can sniff the tip of my dick, dude. That's how it goes. <laughs> He is such a garbage dweller, dude. Like <laughs> as much as you hate him, I have nothing positive to say about him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dickhead, dude. Like, yeah. Steve, if you're listening to this He's man He's a unicorn. Let me tell you something right now. If you were to become a garbage man right now, you'd probably be more meta- beneficial to uh society than you are right now. I'm just kidding, dude. Let me tell you this. Steve, uh there are certain people within the intelligent I'm gonna I'm gonna bash on not all intelligence people. Okay. But there are a cer- certain group of people that go into intelligence or that are treated a certain way during high school and uh they become a certain way. And that's uh we're about hour five. When you need to end by. It's whenever, all good, dude. We're, whenever. Uh, okay. We're at 8.30 right now. so uh, I, I'm good. Uh, I'm going to have to sober up before I go home. Listen, so. man, I think everybody, like, everyone's human, right? Except S- for Steve. Steve had an ego problem. <laughs> and that ego problem stemmed from... Steve Silva, not Steve Webb. Steve Webb is amazing. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know if it was child abandonment. <laughs> I don't know what it was, man, but... Yeah. In uh, the end, Steve is just get your ego out of the way. Anyone in a leadership position, get your fucking ego out of the way, man. I agree. Like Matt, God bless Matt for fucking trying, but when Matt develops himself more, maybe he'll find out certain things, but <laughs> stop stop 
sucking the tip of Steven Silva's dick, man. Hmm. It's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, it might. Might get you to a nice hotel room every once in a while, might but give you an STD. Yeah, you know uh, the clap, gonorrhea. Uh, those those two STDs or STIs is the politically correct term now. And what I found out is that he felt like he had all this alpha power, but once you get out of that dichotomy of working for U.S. security, he's just another dude. Who? Steve? Steve. Yeah. And I can talk shit about him, and he can't do shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. In the end, I don't know what started that, but... (laughs) Be good to people. Don't fucking fuck them over. And uh, don't let your ego get in the way, and you'll go far in life, man. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know how much further we're going to go with this today. We're trying to keep it to about an hour per episode, so we need to wrap up here soon. But I am excited to hear that I think there is another Bill and Ted's movie in the mix. Oh, yeah. So, uh, on that note, be excellent to one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be good to one another. Like, listen to another's, uh, God, I'm slurring my words. Yeah, it's because we're drunk, man. Listen to each other's words. <laughs> Be nice to each other. and uh, Party on, dude. Party on. Party on more than anything else. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. This is Caden and uh, Caden Thompson, Dallas Weaver. Uh, we're going to sign off right now. Cheap Hope you shot. enjoyed it. Uh, throw us questions, cheap shot discussions at gmail.com. Throw us topics, throw us ideas, throw us fucking insults. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we'll respond to anything and everything, even dick pics. Even dick pics. Send us yeah. your dick pics, send yep. us your tape pics, whatever you want to do. Camel toe, Camel moose t- knuckle, I'm, whatever. I'm fine with it. Throw yeah. it our way. Yep. See you next week, bitches.